Hi, welcome to Positively Positive. If you're new here, I go by Sam and I have genital herpes HSV2. Today we're talking about disclosures, telling people you have herpes. I should point out that this episode focuses on telling new potential sexual partners, not previous or current. Although many things I mention here will still be good for those conversations too, as well as for telling friends and family. If you want to hear how I told the person I contracted the virus from, I've got a whole episode on it. Today, I'm going to talk about five things. Preparation, timing, phrasing, results, and aftercare slash moving on. Disclosure is one of the main causes of fear and anxiety for anyone with a positive HSV status, and I am here to help you out. I can do this. You can do this. We can do this. Let's talk about herpes, baby. First thing I want to get out of the way is whether or not to disclose your positive herpes status. This is a personal choice. I am going to share my personal choice with you. I'm going to share what 99% of the herpes community thinks you should do. But at the end of the day, you're the one who makes the call. It is my personal choice that I do disclose to all my potential sexual partners. I got herpes from a silent carrier, which 80% of all herpes carriers are, and he did not know his true status. I did not get to make an informed decision on whether or not I wanted to take that chance. I would have acted differently had I been given the choice. I would have insisted on protection when I slept with this person. Knowing the confusion stress, anxiety, and physical pain I went through during my primary outbreak, I would not wish that on anyone. I could not knowingly take that choice away from someone else. The guilt and worry and wonder if I did pass it on to them or not after we had sex would eat me alive. I will not take an informed choice away from anyone I sleep with. That way, I don't feel guilty or distracted during the sex. I've done my job, and they've made an adult decision for themselves and it's on to sexy time. I will of course take all precautions not to spread it to them, but if by the tiny chance there is they do contract it anyways, there's a chance that they were willing to take and it's not on me at that point. I have yet to pass it on, but if and when I do, I will provide a safe space for them to ask questions and you bet your ass I will be there for them if that's what they need and want from me. One thing I will not do is take abuse or negativity from someone I pass it on to. Nah, dog. I've got a whole podcast about living positively positive to get out of here with that ish. See a therapist like I did. Now, if you're listening to this podcast because a current or potential partner sent it to you, oh my god, thanks to them for sharing it. But also, you should know that this person respects you. They are doing you a solid. Telling you their status took balls, it took character, and it deserves mad respect. It's a solid start to any relationship, casual, hookup, or potentially serious and or long-term. Also, you should go get tested properly because you likely haven't been tested for herpes. It's not included when you ask to be tested for everything. Listen to my testing episode. Okay, step one. Preparation, knowledge, and education. You need to be well informed on what HSV, herpes simplex virus is, 
and how it works and how it does and does not spread. You will never be able to set someone else's mind at ease if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> so go online, go in the support groups, listen to the other episodes of my podcast and Google your little heart out. There is no excuse to be ignorant on what is happening with your own body and what could potentially happen with a partner's. If you can explain it in a calm, comfortable way because you're knowledgeable, there's a much better chance that they will be calm and comfortable. Now, if you're not there yet, do not worry. You can and you will get there if you choose to. It is very easy to educate yourself on herpes. It takes a bit of reading, it takes a bit of asking questions, and it takes time to accept. And I've definitely done all that, so I'm here for you. Okay, we got this. The last thing you want to happen is to find yourself in a situation where you're not ready to disclose or even have sex at all, and something you regret could happen. You need to be in a place where you can confidently say yes to intimacy. Confidently say no and walk away from intimacy and where your partner can do the same. Now, let's talk about timing. When do I tell them? There is no right answer to this question. If you ask it online in the support groups, you will get a hundred different answers ranging from don't date at all to tell them on the first date to third date. Fuck it, just put it in your Tinder or Bumble bio. Timing of disclosure is a personal decision and it may take some trial and error to find what works best for you. There is no one method or one time to tell that will always work 100% of the time. I'm going to share what I do and works well. Wow, sorry. <laughs> what I do and what works well for me. I do date online and offline. I've been on and off Tinder for years and I've tried Hinge, I've tried Bumble. At this point, I don't put my herpes status in my bio. I have in the past and it's yielded some really incredible conversations with people. Actually way more than I thought it would. I was knocking back date requests left, right, and center, herpes or not. Having those conversations online actually made me feel way better about having herpes and seeing that the stigma was way worse in my own head than it was in reality. I had people telling me about their statuses, their chlamydia, which is everywhere, by the way. Hot damn, I had no idea. <laughs> and I have yet to have one disrespectful conversation. I might make a whole episode on Tinder and herpes. Let me know if you want that. And I highly recommend you give it a try just to see for yourself how many people you can talk to that literally don't care. Plus, you can educate people one at a time, thus further helping to smash the herpes stigma. Yas queen! Okay, so for now, online bio, it's out for me. The other option with online dating is to talk to people for a bit, see if you vibe, and then tell them before you actually have a first date. You could do this via message or over the phone. This way, if they react super negatively, don't want to talk anymore, or listen to the facts, you already know you don't want to go out with that person. I don't want to go out with that type of person. It's pretty clear they don't want to go out with you, or me, 
So no one's time has been wasted and you dodged a bullet. It's totally okay for someone to not want to go out with you after hearing your status and making that decision for themselves. But it's not cool to not listen or freak out. That's willful ignorance. Most people are very willing to listen when they realize they themselves haven't been tested properly. Rejection is something you need to be prepared for. And if they make the decision to pass on the date with you, that's okay. You need to accept that right now and say thank you next. If you haven't accepted that possibility, you are not ready for dating yet. And you're definitely not ready for the shit show that is online dating. Y'all need ovaries of steel out here, herpes or not. The next timing option we have is the first date. If there is a chance you're gonna have sex that day, you definitely should tell them. It wouldn't be the first thing out of my mouth, but it definitely cannot happen in the heat of the moment when y'all are already hot and heavy. This is a bad idea. Never ever wait until moments before sex to disclose your status. For several reasons. The first being, you don't know this person and you don't know how they will react. You need to keep yourself safe both physically and emotionally. The second reason being, it is very irresponsible. You guys are already horned up, you're already turned on, and humans do not make rational decisions in this mind state. This person may say they don't care in the moment, but they may not feel that way once the excitement and the hormones wear off. They may realize how uneducated they are on it, and they may regret the decision they made in haste, and it may change how they feel about you. So, if you're going to get down to it on the first date, or you're already positive you would like to be intimate with this person in the future, bring it up in conversation during the date. Okay, next option is my personal go-to. After a few dates. I do this so that I have time to decide if I want to be intimate with this person. Do I like them like that? Do I think it would be fun? Am I attracted to them? Do I like who they are? I need to decide that they are worthy of having sex with me, not the other way around. I don't care if I have herpes or not. I'm not just going to sleep with someone because they're okay with my HSV status. I'm sleeping with someone because I want to sleep with them. Never settle for less. You do not have to accept the first person that comes along and doesn't care that you have herpes. There are 9 billion people in this world, find the ones you like. And if you are the person listening to this because a positive HSV carrier sent you my way, then good news baby! They think you're cute, they wanna get busy. Now, what is a few dates? Well, it's different for everyone. For me, I just wait until I know I want to be intimate with them, whether that's two or ten dates. Well, I probably wouldn't go on ten dates with someone I wasn't interested in, I usually know well before that, but you take as long as you want. You do not owe anyone intimacy. You do not owe anyone your health information if it's not relevant to them. Now, that being said, I would not wait too long. If you wait too long, feelings can develop 
And when your status does come out, that person may feel like they've been tricked or lied to through omission. Maybe they wouldn't have spent this much time with you because they're not willing to take a chance. Maybe they've been through this before. You have no idea and you don't want to wait until it's going to hurt you both more than it needs to. So wait until you're ready, but don't wait too long. There is no time period I or anyone else can give you. I truly wish there was, but it's something you have to feel out in each new relationship. This brings us to step three, phrasing. This is my favorite step. Is it weird that I have a favorite step for telling people I have herpes? I don't know. But I love communication. I love words. I love semantics. So let's get into it. I have a list of substitutions and word replacements. Now, the goal of disclosure is not to mislead or misinform a potential partner. The goal here is to educate and inform them clearly so they understand and are in a place to make a decision for themselves. We want to do this gently. Words carry weight and words trigger subconscious reactions and bias in our minds whether we admit that or realize it or not, especially surrounding sex and STIs. So, how do you start a conversation about herpes? I suggest you don't. I suggest you start a conversation about sexual health and testing. Ask them when was the last time they were tested? Was it before or after their last sexual partner? Have they ever experienced any STI? Did they know certain tests like herpes and HIV aren't always included? Give them space to talk about themselves and their experiences and listen. I did this with my first disclosure and I found out that the guy had had chlamydia twice before. Asking them first puts them in a vulnerable place. And if they've just been vulnerable with you, it's way more likely that they're going to be empathetic when you tell them your status. Now, is this manipulative? I don't know, maybe. But it also just makes sense when you think about how humans communicate. If someone has just told you a big secret or deemed you worthy enough to share something with, you're way more likely to share with them in return. We love to relate to each other, and we love when people listen without judgment to our stories. It's the same thing with Herbie's disclosures. Now, I'm not saying that everyone is going to have had chlamydia or any experience with all STIs, or any STIs, but you will find out what their attitude towards regular testing is, and that is important. You will also find out how they react to sensitive topics. Now, the other thing you want to gauge during a testing conversation is whether or not you believe them. This may sound cynical, but a lot of people lie about when they were last tested, especially when someone they want to have sex with is right in front of them or on the other end of the phone or the other end of the messages. The truth is, getting tested, going to the doctors is kind of annoying and we have to take time out of our busy lives to do it. 
I will admit that before I had a positive HSV status, I have lied about how recent my testing was. I did get tested semi-regularly, but I did not get tested after every partner. I, like so many other people, thought that if nothing was wrong, everything looked and felt normal downstairs, that my last test results were still good. I know better now, and your girl has changed her ways. If you do not see actual test results with a date on them, if you do not hold the papers in your hands or see the online files from their doctor's office with their name on it, and that test result, that test doesn't exist. Remember, herpes testing is not included when you're asked to be tested for everything. I will say that 10 million times until everyone knows it. And this person might carry something else, which you should know about if you're going to be intimate with them. It may change your mind. It may change the way you engage with them. It may change the methods of protection you want to use. Okay, so it's your turn to talk about your sexual health. Deep breath. Do not present it as a big, scary monster. Do not present it as a huge problem. Do not use disclaimers like, I have something horrible to tell you, or you probably won't want to see me after this, or I have an incurable disease but I hope you still like me. Yuck. Ew. This is bad. You sound unsure. You are giving yourself a lower status than this person. It sounds desperate, you sound self-conscious, and you sound scared. If you, if you are still in this place, that's okay, that's normal, and I have been there. But you are not ready to date or disclose your status. You can get there, but it's not today if you're speaking and thinking like that. So if you're amped up and ready, here are my word and phrase replacements to soften the blow while being clear and honest. Grab a pen. Try, I carry HSV. Have you heard of it? Instead of simply, I have herpes. Or, I have an incurable STI, STD. When you use the medical term HSV and ask a question, have you heard of it? You're showing you know what you're talking about and you're ready to answer questions. If they have never heard the term HSV before, which many people haven't, you're putting them in a place where they realize they're uninformed and are much more open to listening and learning. Using the word carry also implies that it's just something in your body and not necessarily active. Saying, I have herpes, can elicit images of big scary outbreaks that are present at all times. You have a nose. It is present at all times. Herpes is not. Herpes is carried in the nervous system and is present sometimes. Now, this is the point where you say HSV stands for herpes simplex virus commonly known just as herpes. Ask them what they know about or think herpes is. 
This gives you a chance to correct any misinformation and to see where they stand. I always tell them it's a common virus of the nervous system that occasionally causes a skin condition. I tell them it lives and hides in the nerve ganglia and is dormant, aka unable to pass to another person, most of the time. I tell them how over half the world carries HSV-1, and one in four to six people carries HSV-2. Remember, disclosure is a conversation, not a one-way street. Depending on where the conversation goes, this is the point where I would tell them what I'm doing about it, how I'm managing my herpes. Not only that I carry it, but I know how to handle it. Whether that's vitamins I take, medications I have either daily or on hand to treat outbreaks when they happen, living a healthier lifestyle, managing stress, knowing what triggers my outbreaks, and just in general, taking care of my immune system. Also what I do to lower transmission chances, like using protection and no sex during symptoms with all sexual partners. This shows them that you're already doing the legwork, they don't have to do anything. Did you catch some good words in there? Transmission. I use this word in place of infection and or spreading. Infection sounds scary. Spreading sounds like butter or something you do on the table at the gynecologist. I don't like either of them. Transmission sounds relatively chill, but I understand what it means. It means the virus can be passed on. Another good way to phrase it. They're probably going to ask you if they can catch it from you. I avoid using that word, catch, and I answer that question by saying, yes, there is always a chance it could be passed on to you, just like it was to me. I also like the word contract in this instance. I contracted the virus instead of I caught it. It sounds technical and doesn't invoke any feeling, which I like. Caught can sometimes sound irresponsible or unlucky. I caught herpes. I don't know. Contract sounds better. I caught herpes doesn't sit right with me. Chance is another word I love using. I use it in place of risk. Risk sounds scary. Chance sounds like something that could happen but won't be the end of the world. Because herpes is far from the end of the world. Two thirds of the world already carries herpes, one type or the other, and there wouldn't be anyone left if it was the end of the world. Another word that I like to use is symptoms. I use this word in place of outbreaks. If you're new to herpes, the word outbreak is probably not in your daily use vocabulary. It kinda sounds gross and mysterious. So when I'm easing people into this, if they ask, I say I have experienced symptoms. If they ask for details, I will tell them, but I don't offer that information. I'll say I've experienced sores and pain, but not since my primary outbreak or primary symptoms, which is true and very common for most carriers. I want to have sex with this person. And I don't have sex on outbreaks, which are very mild now and nothing like my primary outbreak, 
so I don't want them picturing my lady bits as anything less than glorious. Everything I say during a disclosure conversation is true and none of it is misleading. It's just a gentler way of easing people into a sensitive topic that is, unfortunately, shrouded in misinformation, a lack of education, and a whole lot of ignorance. I never blame people for being uninformed or accuse them of being irresponsible for not knowing more about it. I call it innocent ignorance, and I don't hold any contempt for that. People like that. And if you're open and non-judgmental about their lack of knowledge, you have a much better chance of a positive outcome. And hey, if they're already super informed and knowledgeable and you realize along the way that you don't have to explain this all to them, hallelujah. I've come across this scenario several times and it's always awesome and such a relief and a comfort and we can move on to different conversation way quicker, which is another thing. If they want to move on from talking about herpes, do it. They may not know how to handle it right away, they may not want to offend you, and they may need time to look it up for themselves before being able to talk about it with you. This is okay, and is actually a big part of the disclosure process, giving people time to do their own research and make their own informed decisions. You're not the holy grail of herpes information. Neither am I. I give people as much as I can, as much as I think they can handle at one time, which is different for every person. You don't want to overwhelm them because then they won't retain anything. And then I leave it be. I let them know I'm here to answer any questions and I'm willing to talk about it when they're ready. Which brings us to the last two things in this episode, results and aftercare slash moving on. They're very much tied together. Every time you disclose will be slightly different than the last. There is no perfect mathematical equation or scientific formula to yield a single result. So that means we have to be prepared for a few different things and know how to take care of our minds after the fact. Obviously, the best outcome would be that they already know all about it They have their recent test results on hand and they want to move forward with you. That's amazing! And that's probably not what is going to happen most of the time. Another possible outcome is that they listen and ask questions and take time to do their own research. This is great. This is the one we want. Now, after this, they decide to again move forward with you. Awesome! Congratulations! Have fun! They could also get back to you and say that they appreciate your honesty, but it's not something they're willing to chance right now, or some variation of that. This is okay, and you need to respect that and move on. Remember, if you're not in a place where you think you can move on from this, you're not ready to date yet. Dating when you're ready is a huge part of self-care and, in turn, aftercare. It's a lot harder to take care of yourself after rejection if you haven't already accepted the fact that it's going to happen. So we also have this one. After they say they're going to take time to do their research, 
you never hear from them again. Ah, the sweet little act we call ghosting. In my opinion, it's completely spineless behavior and I don't respect anyone who does this, herpes or not. If you don't have the decency or the backbone to tell someone you've been seeing or talking to that you're not feeling it, but you wish them the best, you're not ready to date. And you shouldn't be dating until you figure out why you can't be honest. Because there's bigger problems with who you are as a person if you're out here ghosting people. And you need to figure that out before getting involved with someone else. I remember the first time as an adult that I cut things off with a guy I was seeing. I texted him that I really liked the time we spent together, but I didn't see us hanging out again in the future. It was short and sweet, and it was very clear, but kind. He was surprised, <laughs> but he told me he appreciated my honesty and for not leaving him in the dark. We went our separate ways on good terms, and I remember being shocked at how good I felt after. How easy it was to cut things off respectfully. I felt amazing for not leaving someone wondering, what if, what happened, where is she, did I do something wrong? And once I realized how easy it was, I never looked back. This goes for anyone and everyone, herpes or not, be a decent person, don't ghost. But back to the herpes disclosure. If you do get ghosted, move on, there's nothing else you can do, they were never worth your time to begin with. I got ghosted after my first disclosure. I already knew he had no character, but that really confirmed it. I might tell that story later. Telling my hookup, I have herpes. Sounds like a good episode. Since I do have a problem with dating, dating gym rats and jacked up muscly dudes, I have come to the conclusion that all the muscle in the world does not hide a missing backbone. Another disclosure outcome I want to focus on is where it doesn't go so smoothly and they don't just fade into the abyss like Casper. This can happen in a few different ways. Firstly, they could get hostile. They could call you names. They could react in disgust, which comes from lack of knowledge. It has nothing to do with you. They could say, fuck that, ew, no, I'm out, you nasty. My message for you is that you need to be prepared for this. And you need to know that you can handle this. You can move on from this, you can hold your head high, thank you next. Their lack of knowledge and immature way of handling someone else's personal business is a far greater reflection on them than it is on you. You just did something really strong, really vulnerable, and you should be proud of that no matter how they react. Because you're a badass who's strong enough to do that and move on. Their opinion and their reaction has absolutely nothing to do with you, your worth, your value, or who you are as a person. You dodged a bullet. Now, obviously, I would not recommend telling someone or going out with someone in the first place who shows hostile or immature tendencies or has red flags in the maturity or anger management departments. But people are unpredictable and we don't always pick winners. We also have this tricky situation. You do sleep together and after that they ghost or decide they're 
actually not okay with the whole herpes thing. This sucks. This is confusing. This is why we never leave disclosure until the heat of the moment. And even if we didn't, this can still happen. And I'm so sorry. This absolutely does suck trash. But you can't make the decision for them. People are allowed and have every right to change their mind. But hey, maybe you actually realized you're not interested in them anymore either. It does go both ways. And life goes on. Remember, this happens to people all the time, even without herpes. Next. So before I wrap it up, <laughs> get it? Um, a minor thing I want to bring up regarding herpes disclosure is when you're on the receiving end of a herpes infection. Someone knew their status, didn't tell you, and you got it. Can you sue their ass? The short answer, probably not. You would need to have on hand your own negative test results from before you slept with this person. And since most of us don't get tested after every sexual partner, most of us don't have that. And because herpes testing isn't usually included, there's a grand chance that you've never been tested for herpes. And you may have been carrying it silently for years because of the dormant nature of this virus. You'd also have to prove that you have not slept with or had any sexual or intimate contact with anyone else in between your negative results and this person you're trying to sue. Most people cannot prove that. You'd also need their test results showing they are in fact positive. And unless you have all of that, unless you're trying to sue a millionaire who has money to lose for you and your representatives to gain, and you can afford the legal fees that come along with that, good luck finding a lawyer that will take your case. Not disclosing a herpes status is not a punishable offense in most of North America. There are a few states, I believe, where it is against the law, and there are a few cases in Canada that have had mild media coverage, but precedent cases are not common. If this is a route you want to go down, I wish you the best of luck, but I don't advise it. Herpes is very easy to live with for the majority of people, and a criminal sexual case is not easy to live with. Okay, so back to the topic at hand. Most of my rejections, which I will be honest, has not happened a lot, much to my surprise when I was first diagnosed and thought I'd never date again, have gone along the lines of, you know, I'm really grateful for your openness and honesty. It's very admirable. Thank you for educating me on something I should have known more about. And I really respect you and admire your maturity, but it's not something I think I'm ready to deal with right now, but I wish you the best. This is lovely. And I love when this happens. Obviously, I love it more when it doesn't happen, but I know I've left one more person informed, chipped away at the stigma a little bit more, and made things way easier for the next person with herpes who comes along in that person's life. And that really does make me happy and very proud. So, I'm not saying rejection is not going to sting. 
I'm not saying you can't cry about it. I have. I'm not saying you have to believe you're a magical god or goddess who is worthy of everything every second of every day. That's not practical advice. We're human, we can be hurt, we can be knocked down, and our self-esteem and our egos can take hits. Especially when it comes to dating, and especially when it comes to herpes disclosure. But that's the thing. We can take it. We're not going to die. You need to know and you need to remind yourself that if you get knocked down 500 times, all you need to do is get up 501 times. You've been getting up every day since the day you were born and the world doesn't stop spinning yet. It's not gonna stop just because you have herpes. So, figure out what makes you smile. Figure out what you bring to the table as a human being. I know that I love my job. I know that I'm good at what I do. I know that I have friends who love me no matter what. I know I'm loyal and a good friend. I know that in social settings, I take a step back to let people join the circle when they're standing awkwardly on the outside. And I know that I love peanut butter and it will never let me down. <laughs> so thanks for coming to my TED talk. Just kidding. <laughs> but go check out Ella Dawson's herpes TED talk on YouTube though, for reals. She's amazing. Just search Ella Dawson TED Talk and thank me later. Thanks for listening. Share this link with anyone you think would help. Leave five-star reviews and follow me on Instagram at Positively Positive Podcast. Check out the website, PositivelyPositivePodcast.com for resources, tools, videos, and lots of amazing HSV content. If I've helped you and you'd like to say thanks, visit the support page for options, buy me a coffee, join the Patreon, or get yourself a Positively Positive sticker. If you just want to say hi, email me at PositivelyPositivePodcast at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail on Anchor. I'm out here, okay? I keep my real name private for now, but keep listening because that changes and it will always be me reading all your messages. You are not alone. I'm living Positively Positive and you can too.